0: at least have a primary platform where you're spending 80% of your time because it's so easy to try to spend 5% of your time on all of the platforms and what you put into it is what you're going to get back. So you're not going to get that time back if you try to spread it too thin. At least if you go deep on one platform, you can start to see the benefits of that platform. And if you don't, then you can switch. You can always change to a different platform if you're not seeing the benefits. So as podcasters, we have the unique position of a ton of content. So for podcasters, I specifically recommend having your show be the central point, the nucleus of all of your content. So whether it's weekly, twice a week, daily, twice a month, monthly, you know, have whatever your topics you're discussing on your show be the central point of your whole plan.
1: Welcome to another episode of Listeners to Lead, where I'm helping podcasters launch and maintain a lead generating show. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the CEO and head podcast strategist behind Galati Media, a full service podcast management company. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create deeper connections with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. Today on the podcast, we have Andrea Jones of Online Drea. Make sure you look for her links. She shares so much goodness in this episode. We talk all things social media, getting your podcast onto social media, making sure that you're sharing it with the right audience, what to do on each of the different platforms, including Clubhouse and ways and strategies that you can implement so you're not getting sucked into hours and hours on Clubhouse, which I'm like, yes, hello, sign me up. With 150 episodes under her belt, Andrea knows her stuff. She is so good. Everything that she says in here is implementable and it is easy for you to do. So definitely take notes and welcome Andrea. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much, Andrea, for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I know I told you before we started recording, I've been stalking you for like years and obviously (laughs) the best kind of stalking, social media stalking. So if you could just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, your podcast,
0: all that stuff. Yes. And you know, social media was made for stalking like this. There are people who I feel like I know because of social media. But yes, I'm Andrea Jones. I'm a social media strategist. My podcast is the Savvy Social Podcast. And ultimately, my goal is to help people create more impact and build their business using social media marketing. I've been doing this since 2014 is when I started the business. I've been online since 2000 Or, like an OG. But yeah, this is my way of showing up in the world. And it's my life, honestly. I met my husband on YouTube. I spend a lot of time on the internet. And so to be able to have a job around that is kind of cool.
1: Okay, now you have to tell me how in the world did you meet your husband on YouTube? Like, (laughs)
0: Yes. I mean, we were talking just like you and I were talking. We did a little interview on YouTube and we were trying to grow our channel. So we were doing this with a lot of other people, but we just clicked and we kept talking. I lived in Atlanta, Georgia. He lived in Toronto, Canada. We were like, this is crazy and wild. And why would anybody do this? My friends were like, he's probably a serial killer, but it worked out. And here we are.
1: (laughs) Wow. Oh my goodness. What a story. That is awesome. I love that. (laughs) So your podcast, Savvy Social Podcast, just hit 150 episodes, which is like, oh oh my goodness, how incredible. So how excited are you first? And how in the world did you make it through years of podcasting? Because I know with podcasting, there's ebbs and flows. We've got people listening who they're just starting out a podcast and they maybe have their first 10 episodes and they're like, Whoa, 150? How in the world do I get to that? So tell me all the things.
0: Yeah. You know, those first 20 episodes were the hardest. They were like absolutely excruciating. I remember my first episode, I wrote down every single word that I was going to (laughs) say in the episode because I was so nervous about it. Even though I'd been doing video content for years on YouTube, it felt different as a podcast. But I'm, I love it. I love podcasting more than video content now. And one of the things that helps me stay consistent is kind of planning ahead. So I used to think I was this free spirit. I'll just turn on the mic and let's see what happens. No, what <laughs> happens is nothing if we do that. <laughs> And so I plot out my episode topics. Like right now we're recording this in May, 2021. I have episode topics plotted out through the end of August. And so every time I get an idea, I put it down as an episode topic. And then I do record in batches. So I'm about actually about to do a big batch coming up so that I can take some time off over the summer, which really helps. And then when I hired my editor, like I said, those first 20 episodes were so, so, so challenging. But once I started to see people's response to it. Like for me, my podcast is the middle of the funnel. So people discover me, they listen to the podcast, they listen to a bunch of episodes and they go, we have to work with Andrea. So for me to see that happening, I was like, oh, I need to invest into making sure that this is gonna happen every week nearly every week. And so hiring a team to support me was really what helped me keep going after after all this time. (laughs) Coming up on three years. (laughs) Yes. Oh, it's so incredible. I think a lot of people they go
1: into podcasting thinking that, you know, it's it's easy. I can just slap it together. And there are podcasts that do really well doing that. But when you want it to bring traffic to your business and get you clients, you kind of have to level up a bit. And I think some people don't realize how much goes into the editing, how much time goes into it. And for those of you who don't know, it takes about four times the length of an audio. So to really dive in and make sure that it's good quality. So a 30 minute episode takes about two hours to edit, which is like, if you don't have time for that, then maybe you should rethink how often you're going to publish. So what kind of made you decide, hey, I'm going to have a weekly show? Was it that you were like, bi-weekly is too much. Every other week isn't enough. I'm coming up with so much more content. and I, I mean, you've planned out all the way th- for the next through few months, which I think is so fantastic, especially with the summer lulls. You know, people want to go on vacation. People, you know, like, come on, you don't want to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> what made you decide to go with a weekly show?
0: You know, I actually took a course two courses that really helped me with this decision. One was Pat Flynn's podcasting course. Weekly seemed like something I could commit to based on kind of all of the things he talks about in that course. And then I did a challenge with podcast movement, which really was actually what helped me apply (laughs) everything I learned. And in that challenge, it was like posting weekly, which really Helped with the consistency piece. Now I definitely, especially in the first year, missed a lot of weeks and then I committed to doing it, you know, weekly after that. It's just a really good cadence for me. Twice a week, I would love to do. I do not have the bandwidth for that. Like I have so many, I have, so I run an agency and it's so many moving pieces. Our clients are like, all celebrities in their own right. So we there's like so many moving pieces with that that I can't commit to that. So instead of committing to more episodes, we've committed to improving our weekly episodes. So we added in video podcasting in the past year, which really helped for discovery. We're playing around with different audio techniques and things like that. So weekly is a really good cadence for us.
1: Yeah, I think understanding yourself what your capacity is, how you work best is definitely going to help you figure out what that consistency looks like for you. So obviously you run a social media agency. How do you recommend I mean, social media? There's so much to it. There's so many platforms. There's so many new things that are happening. I mean, just last month, like you said, we're recording in May 2021. Last month, Apple Podcasts came out with some changes with them. Of course, Facebook as to not be, you know, overdone or overshadowed by Apple podcasts that hey we're doing stuff with podcasts too partnered with Spotify to create almost like a clubhouse meets anchor kind of thing which I think is just like guys give it a rest but whatever (laughs) so let's kind of switch gears here how do you approach social media as a podcaster as a business owner without wanting to pull your hair out and lose your mind
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I definitely recommend one platform. Don't try to do the most and do them all. At least have a primary platform where you're spending 80% of your time because it's so easy to try to spend 5% of your time on all of the platforms and what you put into it is what you're going to get back. So you're not going to get that time back if you try to spread it too thin. At least if you go deep on one platform, you can start to see the benefits of that platform. And if you don't, then you can switch. You can always change to a different platform if you're not seeing the benefits. So As podcasters, we have the unique position of a ton of content. So for podcasters, I specifically recommend having your show be the central point, the nucleus of all of your content. So whether it's weekly, twice a week, daily, twice a month, monthly, you know, have whatever your topics you're discussing on your show be the central point of your whole plan. So kind of my approach to social media involves this three-part framework. And with other businesses, I'm helping them develop that content. You already have it, the first part, which is your message, what are you're bringing into the world. So then we're going to turn those into social media posts. So break them down into little concepts. You can obviously have a post that promotes the new episodes as they come out. But think about other posts that you can have around your podcast topic that will pull people in. So if you're an audio drama, for instance, you may want to have a question like that goes really deep on maybe the location that this particular episode is happening in. Or if you're an interview-based series, maybe you're going to have a post that asks a question about the topic that your guest brought up on that episode. So really use your podcast as the jumping off point for the rest of your content. And I typically recommend giving yourself a time limit here because it's just like learning any new skill. You could spend hours on social media and some of us don't have hours. So I recommend one hour. (laughs) So this is outside of like, the podcast stuff, an additional hour just on like recreating that into different social media content pieces. The first time you may only get one or two posts. That's fine. We're just learning a new skill here and you'll get more as you practice. And then outside of posting content, so you've got your message, you've got that actually posting content, then you want to actually get people to see it and have people interact with it. And a lot of that is proactive. So getting into your community what i love about podcasters is the podcasting community is very vibrant so oftentimes really great place to start if we listen to one we listen to 10 20 we can listen to yours too (laughs) so you know start networking with podcasters start networking with other people who will potentially listen to your show you can do partnerships you can do promo swaps anything you want to do to encourage people to engage with you in your show the only thing i do recommend understanding first before jumping into paid advertising, which is part of that impact phase. You have to understand how social media actually helps into your business. Otherwise, you're just going to give Facebook your money and they will gladly take it. Yes. (laughs) So you have to make sure you understand like, okay, this is how this fits in. If I spend $10 and I get 12 back, that's still a win. But if you don't know those numbers, it can be tough. So messaging, creating the content, and then making sure it's having an impact and people are seeing it.
1: Yes, all of this is so key. So for an episode like this one that we're doing, what are some... Like I'm thinking through like ways to recreate the content so I could easily ask, how much time are you spending on social media? Tie this back into the episode we're talking about. I could ask, you know, otherwise, which social media platform are you spending the most time in or are you spreading yourself thin on all of them? Like very easy, quick questions that come to mind to be able to engage the audience, pull them in. And I love that you put a, like a limit on it as well as a limit on the amount of time that you're spending on like the platform as well. I saw one of your reels. <laughs> you did a reel. I am obsessed with reels. I love making them. I love doing them. And I'm an Android user and I do not have Clubhouse. Well, now I do. But <laughs> before I didn't. And even when my friend was like, hey, it's on Android now. Do you want it? And I'm like, eh, Fine fine don't (laughs) want it but fine but you did a reel about trying to get a word in edgewise on clubhouse and i know that the podcasting community is really big on there so let's talk a tiny bit about clubhouse because i don't want this to be a clubhouse episode but what are some maybe ways to use this newer platform to help with your podcast growth or maybe even the community growth side
0: Yes. Okay. So if you want to go deeper in Clubhouse, I do have a podcast episode about this. Type Savvy Social Podcast Clubhouse on Google. You'll find it. I have a love-hate relationship with Clubhouse because as someone who made a profession out of talking, it sounds interesting to me. But I have found I have not had a great experience personally. That being said, as podcasters, there is a unique opportunity to get in front of more people and to basically have people discover you who would have never known you before. I've noticed that there is much more impact for me personally in smaller rooms. So less than a 100 people, get in there, raise your hand, get up on stage, participate in the conversation. This isn't about promoting you, but it's about tapping into natural human curiosity. And then your profile should promote you. So it should be fully optimized. So people know you have a podcast, they know what it's about, they know how to find it start your own rooms as well. And this is a great way to host a conversation just like you would host an interview on your podcast and also bring in more people. So I've actually found it's a lot more fun for me to host my own room. I will invite people to speak. Everyone wants to speak at Clubhouse right now. So you have the unique advantage. If there's someone who you've been meaning to talk to, especially if they have a larger audience than you, and you go, I'm hosting this Clubhouse room. Will you be one of my speakers? There's a higher chance of them saying yes right now because of the newness of this platform. So be brave. Get out there. Start moderating and hosting your own rooms. Such a great way to get in front of more people.
1: Yeah, those are such great tips. Thank you so much. Because I literally got my username, looked at it and was like, yeah, no, (laughs) not today. I'm in the middle of two launches. There's no way that I'm going to be able to like participate because it it does take time and effort to actively listen and then say, okay, I have something that I can contribute to this, this conversation because you don't want to just get up there and be like, oh, yeah, hi, what was the question?
0: Right. And that's what I think, too, is that because it's live, it is challenging because when you join a room, you're already in the middle (laughs) of a conversation.
1: Yes. ah, oh, I love it so much. Awesome. So what are maybe some platforms that you recommend that podcasters really focus on right now? And I know that really it depends on where your listeners are hanging out. So for some people, it might be Twitter. Don't do Twitter. I don't like it. I don't understand it. There's just nothing in my brain. I was like, yeah, no, quick snippets don't make sense to me. I need long, a little longer, not like blog posts, but a little longer form content for me to be able to get my thoughts across. But I know Instagram has a really, really good podcast community. If you're using the right hashtags on there, you get a lot of traction. Facebook is also good. I mean, they Facebook is Facebook. They change so much. It's like, what's going to happen? But let's talk a little bit about, like you mentioned, people can just go and search for savvy social podcasts and you show up. So that sounds SEO to me, <laughs> you know, like, optimizing your podcast, making sure that you're showing up on more than just social. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some strategies that you've used to ensure, I mean, you have 150 episodes, obviously you're going to have more content for people to find, but what are some ways that you recommend people kind of start that journey?
0: Yeah. So... The first question about which platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn are kind of what's hot right now for podcasters because it's easy to search and connect with people. Facebook makes that very challenging. They kind of have to find you first, and I don't like that strategy at all. I want you to be proactive and spend that time every day like networking and engaging if you're B2B, LinkedIn is an easy one. And I actually am seeing some beautiful things happening over there. So check that out. Twitter, if you don't like it personally, don't try to do it. So even if I say LinkedIn is best for B2B, if you log on and you go, my brain hates all of this, just don't worry about it. (laughs) Just find another one. Because I promise you, your audience is on almost any of those platforms. Twitter works great for those brands that aren't as visual and that like, that like more politically inclined brands do well there, like hot topic, but hot button issues. And then Instagram is kind of. Really the most popular one right now. It's easy to get started. There's like six platforms in one. So depending on if you like video, if you like images, if you like stories, there's a lot there that you can play around with. And it's part of the ecosystem of the platform to connect with other people. So it's not weird if someone you don't know follows you, right? On Instagram. And so you can start doing that process, find people, connect with them. It's not weird for someone to send you a DM and said, Hey, I just listened to your podcast. That's awesome. Right. So Instagram is really great for that. Outside of social. So my philosophy on my podcast is I want as many people to listen to it as possible. So I put it everywhere. It's on all of the platforms. And then this year we started with YouTube as well. People don't actually listen to a lot of the episodes on YouTube, but they find us on YouTube. We get messages all the time where someone searched for, you know, Clubhouse for Podcasters landed on our podcast episode and then went to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to listen to it and to to subscribe and listen to more episodes. So we hear those stories all the time. As far as SEO goes, I do make sure to put social media as much as possible in my titles so that people can find them. And then I also create blog post style web pages on my website that Google loves so that people can also find it. And I'm embedding I use lipsin, so I embed the lipsin player, but I also embed the YouTube video because YouTube and Google are the same thing, and they love to see people who embed videos. So I'm basically kind of playing the game there with that one.
1: Oh, that's such a great strategy. I love that. For people who are considering using YouTube for their podcast, one thing that I recommend that people do, and I've heard YouTube people say this as well, taking a section of your podcast episode and then redirecting people to then listen to the full episode, or maybe doing your own video where you kind of go through the main highlights like a separate thing and then direct people to get all the good juicy information at the episode. But I love that for the SEO side and people searching on YouTube and then embedding it onto your blog post is like, it's brilliant. (laughs) Absolutely love it. It's so good. I have seen people use platforms for video, like they're putting their video podcast on both YouTube and Vimeo. I love that you're doing more YouTube. Google, now that they're indexing podcasts, they started doing that back in 2019, I want to say. When they came out with their Google podcast and they were like, yes, we are going full in on this. And they wanted a piece of the action like everybody else. And so they are listening or reading your podcast and then they match it with both your, your Libsyn or your Buzzsprout or whomever you use as your host. Having those embed players on your blog post is so important. And I don't think people realize for searchability that it's not enough to just have it on your podcast host and be sharing it on social. Because the lifespan of that is going to be a lot less than on Google searches (laughs) than a blog post is. So I love, love, love that you guys are like honing in on that strategy. So good. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that maybe you feel like we haven't really touched on?
0: You know, I think part of especially podcasts for business owners is thinking about the ultimate goal of your podcast. So I mentioned that my podcast is kind of the middle of my funnel. So that means I'm assuming people discover my podcast and they want to learn something. So I make sure I satisfy that. But I always talk about what I do and my offers and how I serve people and give them like a next step if they're interested in taking another step and working with me. And so I think that's very important when we think about Kind of like structuring our shows is like, if someone were to listen to all of these episodes and they loved us, what do we want them to do with that information? But also you can supplement your podcast in other ways. So I do have podcast sponsorships as well. I don't have any advice on how to get sponsors because they all approach me. And I think that really just is because my show is so niche about social media. But it's a really great way to for me to fund my team. So fund the YouTube angle, fund the, you know, weekly show idea. So don't think that you have to do everything and all of the things. You know, start with where you are, develop a really great show. And I think once you start making the right moves, the rest will come.
1: You've had some pretty incredible people on your show. Can you tell me a little bit about how, one, getting people to pitch themselves to be on your show, but also people that maybe in the beginning, let's say beginning, reaching out to people. I remember when I had my past podcast, it was all about e-commerce business and product businesses. And I asked Emily Thompson of Being Boss, and she has her uh, Almanac Supply Co. And I asked her to be on to talk about the product side of her business and all that fun stuff. And I like sent her a DM on Instagram and then freaked out when she said yes. So like, I am all for reaching out to those like people who you're like there is no way that this person is going to say yes to me. What were some of those like things that you did maybe in the beginning to get some people on your show that you were like,
0: ah. Yeah, and it it's exactly how you mentioned, it's all about relationships, and I'm super big on flattery. So if I want someone to be on my show, it's not for any other reason than I want them to share their amazing knowledge and expertise. And I think that's really the positioning piece that some people are missing because, you know, we get pitched for shows all the time and they're really about like, I want you on my show so that you can share it with your audience. And I'm like, what is what's in it for me? You know, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm just helping you out. But if you start like, I love Emily, I just taught actually a class in the Being Boss Clubhouse. If you're in there, check out the LinkedIn uh, course I just taught. But going to Emily and being like, I love everything you're doing. I've been listening to this in that episode. I love your book. I love you know, like really diving into like, I love this, you have this, you have Almanac Co, I would really love for you to come and share your expertise and talk about this so that my audience can learn from you. Most people are like, oh, you want to hear my thoughts? Yes, sign me up. And so you kind of approach it from that perspective. Now, I will say with my show being like for the as long as it's gone, we're actually doing really well with the show. Like we're in one of the top 100 marketing podcasts. So we see so many pitches from people asking to be on the show. If it's copy and paste, it's almost always a no. The pitches that get our attention, we've had people send videos that are like, hey, Andrea, here's why I want to be on your show, really stand out. But also because we're so far planned, um, and we actually have little themes now for each month for the podcast, we're planned out so far in advance that if you apply to be on the show, yeah, we may record now, but it's not coming out until November. And so we need the people who can see what our show is about, see what the topics are, And know that whatever they bring to the table has to align with those topics.
1: Yes. And I saw on your website, you have like a spot for people to click. And I think, oh, man, there are are so many times where I have seen people where they will pitch outside of that. They're like sending an email or whatever. And it's like, follow the directions. It's very simple. I make it very easy. I make it clear. Like, it's not that complicated at all. So yes to all of that.
0: I was gonna say when people do that all the time, we still send them to that form. Like I basically tell my assistant, Jemmy, you know, if someone fills out our contact form, she has my all of my inboxes. So she looks at everything before I do. So if someone's on LinkedIn, like, hey, I just submitted the form and I'm going to talk here, she already has a response, like we will review this, this, this and this. Here's what you can expect so that I don't have to be bogged down by it because there are a lot of people who try to bypass that. (laughs)
1: Yes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Follow the protocol, people. Yes. (laughs) Especially like, podcasting isn't your whole business. You know, and I think that sometimes people think, oh, you're a podcaster, you're a professional. Yeah, I'm a professional podcaster. But that doesn't mean that I spend the majority of my time on my podcast, like, I've got other stuff to do, you know, so respecting the host and knowing like, they've got other stuff, follow their process. If you're a good fit, and you're going to bring value to their audience, then yes, it's going to be a good go. But if not, then that's okay, too. There are tons, thousands and thousands of other podcasts that you can go pitch yourself to. Oh, my goodness.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Such is life. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, my goodness. We just recently, one of, uh, we landed a new client and she was talking about this exact thing about people, you know, wanting to be on her show and pitching her show. And I, you know, kind of went through how we are able to streamline that pitching process and ensuring that people don't get outside of the box. And I was like, it's okay to be a jerk like you're doing them a favor by allowing them to be on your show. So it's okay if the answer is no, or if you record something. And I want to know your answer to this. Have you ever recorded an episode and it not aired?
0: You know, it happens all the time. There's still one out there from two years ago that I think about sometimes where I'm like, whatever happened to that? But I just, you know, I just try not to let it get me down because it is a numbers game. An example, in 2021, so far, I've probably guested on probably close to a hundred podcasts by this point. Almost every day I have a podcast interview, sometimes twice a day. It is a great way for me to get in front of new people and grow my audience and all of that. And I have a team like pitching actively pitching me on getting on more podcasts. But I could say for certain there are probably only two or three of them that have been like Actually very valuable to me and got me a lot of business. And that's okay. That's what, that's what it's about to me. Like even if one person listens to this episode and goes, Oh, I don't have to be on LinkedIn. Huh. And they got that away from it. I won. Like I feel like I helped someone else. And that's the most important thing for me. But if I record an episode and nothing ever happens to it, I try not to be too hurt about it because I know life happens. People are complicated beings. And so I just wonder about it sometimes when I go, huh, well, something must happen. And I try to assume the best. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so for your show, have you ever recorded, had a guest on your show, and then toward the end of the conversation, you're like, I don't think this is going to go on the podcast. Maybe the vibe didn't go well. Like, I'm very much into vibes and like good feelings. And I'm also can, I'm a Virgo. So it's like my way or no way, you know, <laughs> This is this is the way it is. So like I want to give people permission, you know, to like if it doesn't fit for your audience, you have to think about them first. It's almost like being a parent, right? Like, what is best for my kids? I I know you're a dog mom, so like what is best for my babies? You know, So has that ever happened for you where it's just like,
0: ugh? yeah, you know, I've had only one that I can think of that I should have done that with. And I did not. So I'm a Libra. I'm like, let's not ruffle any feathers. I don't want to tell them. We'll just publish it anyways. And it was just not a great episode. I It was actually one of the first times I got feedback from my audience that was like, this was not a great episode. This person was not a great person to interview. I should have and it has happened in the past where like halfway through, I'm like, yeah, this isn't going great. But what I've done recently is instead of trying to mitigate that, I just have an application process now. So even if we say you're a good fit for the show, you still have to fill out a form outlining what you're going to talk about so that we can still determine if it's a good fit before we start recording. And then we'll look at things like their social, you know, we ask people, what's your favorite social media platform? If we look and you haven't posted in three months, I'm sorry, you can't come on the show. It's a social media podcast. Or maybe there's a story behind that. If there's a story behind it, tell us. Like maybe you took three months off. We could talk about the planning for that. That's great. That's good content. So we try to mitigate that now by asking a lot of questions before that person gets on the show. And then honestly, because I've been doing this for so long now and I've done so many interviews, a lot of it comes from my interview skills. I think they're I have still so much to learn about this, but every person has a story to tell. And if I can at least get something from them, pull something from them that could be great for the podcast episode, I still feel like I can salvage it into something that would be interesting for my audience because that's who, who comes first when it comes to that content.
1: Oh, I love that. Let's end on that. Your audience comes first every time for your podcast. And I love that your audience gave you feedback and that you were open to receive feedback, because I I know, especially as a Virgo, that can be
0: challenging. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it's challenging for everybody.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes. the external feedback, the internal feedback, they're at war with each other all the time. But I love that you were open to that and like, okay, yes, I I see it. I hear it. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that's the thing, too, is that I try to create open space for that. And I don't listen to everything. Like, I've had people comment before that they don't like my voice. I'm sorry. I can't help you with that. Just go, there, go find another podcast. Like, there's so many of them. <laughs> uh,
1: do you have a way? Cause I know you have a team. Do you have a way that you filter out that stuff or do you like actively look?
0: Mm, I look. I, I gotta know. I, so I, um, I use chartable. And they send me emails about our rankings, which is why I know we're in the top 100 marketing podcasts, and that's where I want to stay. And then I use another one; I can't think of the name right now, but it sends me reviews. So since I'm in Canada and most of my audience is in the U.S., I can't see a lot of the reviews if I just go look. So I get the emails. I think it's like a weekly or monthly digest of the emails. And then on a lot of my episodes, I encourage people to DM me on Instagram their thoughts about the episode. So I open the door to listening to what people have to say. And I'm actively always listening to that. To me, that's part of my job. Uh, But my team does help with a lot of that, especially if we get positive comments. We've got a little positive comment Google Drive folder where we just put everything in there. And if I'm having a bad day, I will go read through everything in that folder. They help me save all of those things for marketing later and all of those things.
1: Oh yeah, I love that so much. So tell us, where can people hang out with you, stalk you on social? What's, what's your favorite platform? Now I want to know.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, my favorite's Instagram. I'm loving Instagram right now. I just think it's a lot of fun. And so I'm at online Drea. That's online D-R-E-A. Love a good voice message DM. If you're listening to this, let me know. And then if you want to get started with like diving more into social media, I've got a free course. It's landrea.com slash free, and it goes through the framework. So kind of what we talked about a little bit today, you'll get the diagram of the framework. There's about seven videos, 10 videos in there. There's some swipe copy too. So like if you have a podcast, you want to promote it, we wrote like a caption that you can just plug and play and fill it out. So there's a lot in there. And it's really a sample of what our programming is like. So um, definitely check that out if you're interested.
1: Yeah, we'll have all the links in the show notes. So definitely head over there and you'll be able to get them very easily. Thank you so much for being on and taking time. And oh my goodness, there was so much goodness in this episode.
0: Uh, Thank you so much for having me on the show. This has been so fun.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it want to send me a message? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me at alishadokladi. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode. And don't forget, turning those listeners into leads is actually easy.